factor for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. The Los Angeles Rams, yes, they are this year's NFL champions, defeating the Cincinnati Bengals. Tensions are escalating over the Ukraine crisis. President Joe Biden warning Russian President Vladimir Putin Sunday that the U.S. will act quickly and decisively if Russia launches an invasion. New poll finds three out of four members of Hillary Clinton's own party think she should be investigated over Russiagate in which she tried to dick up dirt on Donald Trump. A dangerous criminal back out onto the streets. The lax on crime policies of embattled Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg have led to the release of an attempted murder suspect who was being held in connection with an Upper West Side shooting. Some scientists are warning of new, more severe variants of COVID-19. That in contrast to Dr. Fauci's statement that the population is nearing the end of the viral pandemic and necessary restrictions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Los Angeles Rams defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to in the big game. Big game 56 on Sunday. The suspenseful game ended with a fourth down stop by Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald to win it all. Sean McVay is the youngest head coach to take his team to victory. You know, I can't say enough about the resilience of this team. Guys stepping up when they had to. And it's going to sound like a broken record, but that's what makes this team great. That's why they're world champs, is our best players stepped up in the most crucial and critical moments. You end up losing some guys. Guys were asked to step up. Um, I just can't say enough about how much I love this group. And Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup named MVP. Odell Beckham Jr., formerly the Giants, exited the game with a leg injury, watching from the sideline for a time. And the big game took place, of course, at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. It was the second time in Super Bowl history a team played on its home field. It was a sweet victory for the Rams, who lost the big game in 2019 against the New England Patriots under Tom Brady. Over $7 billion bet on Sunday's big game. Well, the White House says President Biden told Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky on Sunday that the United States will act swiftly and decisively if Russia invades his country. Biden made the clear made it clear that the United States would respond swiftly and decisively together with its allies and partners to any further Russian aggression towards Ukraine. The U.S. administration said in a statement after that call. Now, here's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on CBS. If there is military action, if there is a war between Russia and Ukraine started by a Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, President Biden is not intending to send in in American forces to fight Russia in that war. uh, And Americans who have the opportunity to get out now should avail themselves of it. Russia has more than 100,000 troops and heavy military equipment amassed along Ukraine's eastern border, but claims to have no intention of mounting an attack. The U.S. State Department has ordered U.S. Embassy staff in Kiev to evacuate because of the risk of invasion. Russia does not want Ukraine to join NATO, furthering Western influence. A new poll finds that a large share of Democrats want to see Hillary Clinton investigated over Russiagate as allegations swirl related to her possible role 
and trying to dig up dirt to try and link Donald Trump to the Kremlin. The survey was conducted by Technometrica Institute of Policy and Politics in New Jersey last month. It polled around 1,300 Americans about the mushrooming investigation by special counsel uh, John Durham into the FBI's probe of Trump's alleged links to Russia during the 2016 presidential campaign. Nearly three out of four of those polled said they think it's important prosecutors investigate Clinton for her role in the Russiagate scandal, along with her top campaign advisors. Here's former acting attorney general Matt Whitaker on Fox News. What we've learned is that there were spying operations going on both to the Trump campaign and its Trump Tower headquarters. And then when President Trump became president, they continued to spy on him at the executive office of president. Durham has already charged Clinton campaign subcontractor Igor Danchenko for allegedly lying about the sourcing behind the debunked so-called steel dossier he helped compile, which attempted to frame Trump as a Kremlin agent. The poll also found that Americans want greater scrutiny of the Biden family as well. Meanwhile, Clinton speaks this Thursday to the New York State Democratic Party convention at the Sheraton in Times Square, fueling a speculation she will make a third bid for the White House as President Biden and Vice President Harris's poll numbers sink. 77 WABC Time Check 507. Let's head over for traffic with Frank Diaz. Hey, good morning, Deb. Well, all the bridges and tunnels are looking pretty good at the moment. The Garden State Parkway has a 45-mile-an-hour speed restriction in both directions from the southern terminus in Cape May to exit 63A in Stafford Township because of salting operations. Over to Hudson Valley and Yonkers on the New York State Thruway on I-87 northbound at, ha- at exit 1. The off-ramp is closed over there due to emergency water main repairs. Route 218 excuse me, is closed both ways between Cornwall and West Point because of weather-related slide hazards, so use 9W as an alternate. Going over the Upper East River crossings uh, around the uh, 59th Street Bridge on the Queensboro Ed Koch lower outer to Queens eastbound between Manhattan and Queens is closed due to some road construction. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz with traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Frank. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today or high near 28, light winds to 15 miles per hour. Overnight, mostly clear skies, low down to 18. Another sunny day tomorrow with a high near 34. Right now, 20 degrees, clear skies here in Manhattan. Well, continuing with our top five at five, the New York Post has learned an attempted murder suspect accused in an Upper West Side shooting was sprung from Rikers Island, all thanks to sympathetic prosecutors from the Manhattan DA's office who helped get his bond lowered. 20-year-old Darius Mungin had been locked up at the chaotic jail complex since October on charges. He shot two people, including an 81-year-old apparent innocent bystander. Mungin was cut loose earlier this month after prosecutors agreed to lower his bond from a half million dollars to $100,000, citing concerns for his safety following two gang assaults. Mungin's lawyer is Brian Kennedy. He'd been petitioning the court to get Mungin released from Rikers after he was brutally beaten by gang members and stabbed, arguing that the Department of Correction had failed to keep him safe. The DA's office said it agreed to the lower bond package because Munchen had a unique security risk and defended the amount as enough to ensure his return to court. Some scientists warn new COVID-19 variants that emerge could cause more serious illness and fatalities than previous strains. 
Experts tell uh, The Guardian it is impossible, though, to predict where the next variant will emerge from or its characteristics. However, White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci suggested last week that the U.S. is nearing the end of the full-blown phase of the viral pandemic and that the virus-related restrictions may no longer be necessary. Here's Fauci last month on ABC. If the pattern follows the trend that we're seeing in other places, such as the Northeast, I believe that you will start to see a turnaround throughout the entire country. As of February 12th, average daily new cases of COVID are just over 178,000, compared to over 800,000 back in mid-January. Experts said the uncertainty about future variants should be factored into whether countries lift restrictions that were reimposed during the Omicron wave. And more news for you. Deborah Valentine, happy Valentine's Day, by the way, 77 WABC Time Check 510. Disgraced former Congressman Anthony Weiner's long-delayed divorce from his wife, Uma Abedin, is all but finalized, he told The Post on Saturday. Abedin first filed for divorce in 2017, though later withdrew the case so their lawyers could negotiate out of the public eye as the couple continued to live in the same East Village building. The COVID-19 pandemic further delayed the legal separation. Addressing what he called the elephant in the room, Weiner also said he would not run for public office again. Here he is on 77 WABC over the weekend with Curtis Lewa. What was it like then? And what has it been like since? Well, I got to tell you, even though I've lived it and you and I are friends and this is like it's still, I'm feeling like this in my kishkas. It's like a difficult thing to talk about. Um, that was close to my, that was my bottom. Wiener also called out embattled Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, saying his day one controversial directive to prosecutors was a mistake. And you can hear Wiener on 77 WABC with Curtis Lewa Saturdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Left-wing billionaire George Soros has pumped more than a half million dollars into the New York City College that serves as a breeding ground for woke district attorneys. According to public records reviewed by the New York Post, the Democratic donors' charities have funded research and finance programs and a workshop at CUNY's John Jay College of Criminal Justice in Manhattan. Tom Anderson, director of the Government Integrity Project at the National Legal and Policy Center in Virginia, said Soros's team uses cash to throw money into institutions and makes a massive impact that no one realizes that they're making. John Jay, a traditional training school for cops, is home to the Institute for Innovation in Prosecution, which pushes the controversial progressive ideas. New York City Mayor Eric Adams backed State Attorney General Letitia James' re-election bid on Sunday, less than two weeks after he dined with disgraced ex-Governor Andrew Cuomo, who resigned on the heels of James' monumental sexual harassment probe. James dropped out of the race for governor, citing a lack of financing, welcomed Adams' support. Here she is on The View back in December. I believe in loyalty, and I don't believe in um, undivided loyalty. And there was no way that I could run this race and give it 100 percent. On Thursday, Cuomo's defense lawyer, Rita Glavin, said Cuomo is going to personally make a complaint alleging attorney misconduct by James and the lawyers she hired to investigate him. 
He resigned following her scathing report, which alleged he sexually harassed 11 women, allegations he's denied. The potential complaint will involve what Glavin labeled clear evidence of perjury and witness tampering that she said was based on the limited evidence uncovered to date and could expand as more evidence is uncovered. A deadly weekend shooting over in the Bronx. The NYPD has confirmed that two men were fatally shot in the Bronx Saturday night. Police say a 24-year-old man was shot in the head and a 28-year-old man was shot in his torso. This happened just before 11 p.m. outside of 397 East 198th Street, right near the intersection with Webster Avenue in the Bedford Park section. Police say both men were transported to St. Barnabas Hospital, where they were pronounced dead. So far, no arrests have been made, and police say the investigation is ongoing as of this morning. And more crime, a 35-year-old Asian advertising creative was knifed to death in Chinatown by a homeless serial criminal who was free on bail. The victim's landlord is blaming woke New York City DA Alvin Bragg's controversial policies for that killing. The victim is 35-year-old Christina Yuna Lee. She died after the suspect followed her into her apartment building Sunday morning. Now, police say under arrest is 25-year-old Asimad Nash in connection with Lee's murder. Surveillance footage shows the man entering the woman's apartment building, following her to her third-floor apartment. Here's Brian Chen, the landlord of the building on NBC New York. This is about the community, and, and our elected officials need to do something much different um, because this is this is all avoidable. Chin said Nash should have been in jail and blamed the policies of D.A. Alvin Bragg. 77 WABC time check, 515. Justin Ellick has sports. Yes, I do, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. What a game it was last night between the Los Angeles Rams and Cincinnati Bengals to decide the NFL's top dog heading into next season. Down 20-16 to 16, as late as you can get in the fourth quarter. A sputtering Rams offense was left with just under 80 yards to march downfield in an attempt to rip the Lombardi Trophy out of the hands of Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Enter the lethal connection of Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, who, with the help of three successive Bengals penalties, essentially took it upon themselves to get the job done. Second to go. Pass. Got it. Touchdown. Al, I've got to tell you, in a pressure situation, I don't know if I have ever seen anybody be better than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. They had no choice. That Spectacular. Call, that call, courtesy of the great Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. The Offensive Player of the Year in Cup had four receptions for 39 yards and a seven-yard run on fourth and one from the Rams' 30 on the championship ceiling drive. Rams head coach Sean McVay told Stafford before the drive, quote, you and Coop, go get this thing done. The duo did just that. 23-20 to 20 is your final score from Los Angeles as the Rams finally see the top of the NFL man- mountain after, fu- after, after falling short just four years ago. Now quickly for some local sports action yesterday as just the New Jersey Devils played last night. The Devs weren't able to slow down a scalding Pittsburgh Penguin squad as they fell 4-2 to on their home ice in Newark. They'll be back at it tomorrow night when the Tampa Bay Lightning come into town. As for the Rangers and Islanders, the Blue Shirts will finally be back on the ice tomorrow night when they host the Boston Bruins and the Isles have a date in Buffalo against the Sabres. As for local basketball, no action to speak of last night, but both the Knicks and Nets are set for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time tip tonight. For the Knicks, it'll be the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Garden 
Brooklyn, and the Nets will tip off in Brooklyn with the Sacramento Kings. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. All right, Justin, thank you very much. And over to traffic with Frank Diaz. Hey, Deb, what's going on? Well, all the bridges and tunnels are still looking pretty good at the moment. The Garden State Parkway's got that 45-mile-per-hour speed restriction in both directions. From the southern terminus in Cape May to exit 63A in Stafford Township because of salting operations over the island, nothing major at the moment. We have some heavy traffic building on parts of the LIE all the way back to exit 62 on the westbound side. Also heavy moving in Westbury on Northern State Parkway westbound between Meadowbrook Parkway and the Grand Central Terminal. Over to Hudson Valley and Hayonkers, the uh, New York State Thruway. Uh, on I-87 northbound at Hall, uh, exit 1, excuse me, on off-ramp is closed there due to emergency water main repairs. Route 218 is also closed in both directions between Cornwall and West Point because of weather-related slide hazards, so use 9W as an alternate. In the area of the Upper East River crossings, the eastbound side of the 59th Street Bridge outer roadway on the lower level is closed due to some road construction. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate site parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz of Traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Frank. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, our highs 28. The wind chill will make it feel between 10 and 15 overnight. Mostly clear skies, low down to 18. Sunshine tomorrow, the high near 34. Right now, 20 degrees, clear skies here in the Big Apple. Frank Morano has your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Stocks dropped sharply to end the week on Wall Street. Investors dumped risky assets amidst fears of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. And travel-related shares like airlines fell while defense stocks and oil prices jumped. The Dow lost 503 points. The S&P 500 fell 85 points. And the Nasdaq dropped 394 points. A federal judge on Friday blocked the Biden administration's attempt to put greater emphasis on potential damage from greenhouse gas emissions when creating rules for polluting industries. U.S. District Judge James Kane of Louisiana sided with Republican attorneys general from energy producing states. They said the administration's action to raise the cost estimate of carbon emissions threatened to drive up energy costs while decreasing state revenues from energy production. Jersey Auto Dealer is selling a new Ford Bronco for a staggering 43% above the manufacturer's suggested retail price as inflation reaches historic levels and auto inventory shortages wreak havoc on consumer wallets. A New York City man expressed his outrage on social media this week after he found a 2021 Ford Bronco at the Old Bridge Dealer with a market adjustment of $15,000 over the MSRP. And finally, China's technology giants from Tencent to Alibaba are investing in the metaverse, a market that could be worth $8 trillion in the future, according to Morgan Stanley. China's metaverse could look very different to the rest of the world due to government censorship, strict rules on the technology sector, and Beijing's crackdown on cryptocurrencies. I'm Frank Morano with your business report on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight. And looking at Dow futures this morning, they're all in the red. The Dow down 503 points. The S&P has dropped 83 right now. And the Nasdaq down 394 points. Uh, gold up $16.20 an ounce. Oil up just $0.06 cents a barrel. And WABC Early News. Continuing with your 77 WABC Early News, Deborah Valentine with you this Monday morning. Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi Sunday claimed that defund the police is not the position of the Democratic Party. That after Representative Cory Bush 
A Democrat out of Missouri recently endorsed the slogan. Pelosi touted the House-passed Justice and Policing Act, which would overhaul national policing standards, saying, make no mistake, community safety is our responsibility. The House Speaker's comments came in response to Bush's statement last week that defund the police is not the problem. To protect and defend in every way is our oath of office. And I have sympathy. I We're all concerned about mistreatment of people, and that's why uh, Karen Bass had the Justice and Policing Act, and we would hope to get some of that done. Meanwhile, despite Pelosi's claims, numerous Democrats have supported the defund the police movement in the years since George Floyd's murder back in 2020. Members of the progressive squad have all advocated for defunding or abolishing police, including Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, Representative Rashida Tlaib, of Michigan, Representative Ayanna Presley, and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from the Bronx. Vice President Kamala Harris was also sympathetic to the movement in June 2020 when she supported diverting $150 million from the Los Angeles police budget into community priorities. Joe Biden's chaotic U.S. military withdrawal from Afghanistan has been blamed for worsening the chaos on the ground and putting American lives at risk by a newly declassified U.S. intelligence report. Newly released papers compiled in the aftermath of the August withdrawal found that deadly chaos was only made worse due to indecisiveness among officials with the Biden administration and officials in Washington, D.C. The reluctance to close down the U.S. embassy in Kabul only added to the confusion and made the mission even more dangerous, according to these documents. Here's President Biden on NBC. Look, there was no good time to get out. But if we had not gotten out, they acknowledged that we would have had to put a hell of a lot more troops back in. It wasn't just 2,000, 4,000. We would have to significantly increase the number of troops, and we were back in this, this war of attrition. The declassified intelligence report offers various accounts of U.S. commanders who were on the ground in Afghanistan and described their frustrations as both sloppy and mismanaged. The Washington Post says military leaders blame the White House and State Department for the chaotic withdrawal. They say the White House completely underestimated how fast the Taliban would regain control of the country and put off preparing evacuation plans for Kabul with just weeks until the deadline. I'll get ready for fireworks heading into this year's midterm elections. Republican Party strategists are eager to hammer Democrats over a growing list of off-the-wall woke initiatives. For example, the latest a reported plan by the Biden administration to provide crack pipes in smoking kits to drug addicts. The Washington Free Beacon reported the pipes were to be distributed in smoking kits and supplies by nonprofits and local governments with funding by a grant by the Department of Health and Human Services to drug users in black and other underserved communities. An agency spokesperson told the outlet that the kits would provide pipes for users to smoke crack, crystal methamphetamine, and any illicit substance. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says this just isn't true. This program, though, is focused on harm reduction strategies, including prioritizing the use of fentanyl test strips and clean syringes. And all of these harm reduction services uh, that will be supported by these programs are are intended to save lives from an epidemic that we know is, uh, is devastating to communities across the country. People on the left left see these smoking kits as a way to mitigate adverse consequences. Homemade pipes can potentially break or release toxic fumes, though. 
Former President Donald Trump said we're in a very bad position after Russian President Vladimir Putin was emboldened to invade Ukraine following the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Here he is on Fox and Friends over the weekend. I think Putin really wanted to negotiate for a period of time. I think when he watched Afghanistan, when he watched that unbelievably bad withdrawal, incompetent where they took the military out first, where they left $85 billion worth of equipment behind for the Taliban to have and to sell and to use. And, uh, of course, the death, the death that happened. When they watched all of that, I think they got emboldened. The U.S. has intelligence pointing to a Russian invasion of Ukraine Wednesday. The Secret Service, the CIA, and the Pentagon said they received exceptionally detailed invasion plans that were scheduled for February 16th. President Biden told Putin on Saturday morning that Russia would face swift and severe economic and political ramifications if it, in fact, invaded Ukraine. The call came 24 hours after the U.S. told Americans to exit Ukraine. Some airlines as well have either canceled or diverted flights to Ukraine amid fears that an invasion by Russia is imminent. Vice President Harris is headed to Germany later this week. Harris will attend the Munich Security Conference this week. It's an annual conference in Germany on international security. It starts Friday. The security conference comes at a particularly pivotal time amid rising warnings of that potential Russian invasion of Ukraine, which could happen before Harris actually departs for Germany. The conference runs from Friday to Monday. It will mark Harris's fifth foreign trip as vice president. 77 WABC time check 527. Frank Diaz has been keeping an eye on traffic. Hey, Deb. Well, all the bridges and tunnels still looking pretty good at the moment. The Garden State Parkway still got a 45-mile-an-hour speed restriction in both directions from the southern terminus in Cape May to exit 63A in Stafford Township because of salting operations. Also, some stuff in the island. Nothing major at the moment, but we have some heavy traffic building on parts of the LIE all the way back to SA-62. Also, heavy moving, heavy butt moving in Westbury on the Northern State Parkway, westbound between Meadowbrook Parkway and the Grand Central Parkway. Over to Hudson Valley and Yonkers, the New York State Thruway on I-87 on the northbound side at exit 1. The off-ramp over there is closed due to some emergency water main repairs. Also, Route 218 is closed both ways between Cornwall and West Point because it was a weather-related slide hazards. News 9W as an alternate over to Manhattan, the area of the Upper East River crossings, the eastbound side of the 59th Street Bridge outer roadway and the lower levels closed due to road construction. We also got some uh, stop-and-go traffic in Brooklyn on the BQE eastbound between exit 26 and Cadman Plaza. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz, traffic on the 7s for 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today or high near 28. The wind chill between 10 and 15. The overnight low is 18 with mostly clear sky. Sunshine tomorrow, the high 34. And right now we've lost a degree, 19 degrees under clear skies in the Big Apple. Here's an update on Canada's Freedom Convoy, the busiest U.S.-Canada border bridge that's been shuttered for days, reopened on Sunday night after police cleared protesters who had been demonstrating against COVID-19 restrictions. A spokesperson for Detroit International Bridge Company told the Associated Press that By 10 p.m., the Ambassador Bridge, which links Windsor, Ontario, and Detroit, was fully open, allowing the free flow of commerce between Canada and the U.S. economies once again. Here's a trucker, trucker Ted McNeil. What would your message be to to other truckers who are blocking your routes right now? Stop it. You're you're making us look bad. I'm trying to do my job. You're You're making everybody look bad. 
Now, authorities said earlier on Sunday more than two dozen people had actually been peacefully arrested. Seven vehicles towed and five seized as officers cleared the last demonstrators who had been blocking the road to the bridge. And for days, the protests have choked the key passageway between the U.S. and Canada and halted production at auto plants on both sides of the border. 77 WABC Time Check 529. Deborah Valentine with your early news. We'll be back with more sports, weather, traffic right after the break. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. It's the top five at 530. Well, the L.A. Rams are this year's NFL champions, defeating the Cincinnati Bengals. Tensions escalating over the Ukraine crisis. President Biden told Ukraine's president Sunday that the U.S. will act quickly and decisively if Russia launches an invasion. New poll out finds that three out of four members of Hillary Clinton's own party think she should be investigated over Russiagate, in which she tried to dig up dirt on Donald Trump. A dangerous criminal back out onto the streets. The lax on crime policies of embattled Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg has led to the release of an attempted murder suspect who was being held in connection with an Upper West Side shooting. Some scientists warning of new, more severe variants of COVID-19 in contrast to Dr. Fauci's statement that the population is nearing the end of the viral pandemic and necessary restrictions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Los Angeles Rams defeating the Cincinnati Bengals 23-20 to in Super Bowl 56 Sunday. The suspenseful game ended with a fourth down stop by Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald to win it all. Sean McVay becoming the youngest head coach to take his team to a big game win. You know, I can't say enough about the resilience of this team. Guys stepping up when they had to. And it's going to sound like a broken record, but that's what makes this team great. That's why they're world champs, is our best players stepped up in the most crucial and critical moments. You end up losing some guys, guys who are asked to step up. Um, I just can't say enough about how much I love this group. And Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup named MVP. Odell Beckham Jr. exited the game early with a leg injury. Watching from the sideline, the big game took place at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. It was the second time in Super Bowl history a team actually played on its home field. A sweet victory for the Rams, who lost the big game back in 2019 against the New England Patriots. Well, the White House says President Biden told Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky on Sunday that the U.S. will act swiftly and decisively if Russia invades his country. Biden made clear that the U.S. would respond swiftly and decisively together with its allies and partners to any further Russian aggression against Ukraine, the U.S. administration said in a statement after the phone call. Here's National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan on CBS. If there is military action, if there is a war between Russia and Ukraine started by a Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, President Biden is not intending to send in, send in American forces to fight Russia in that war. Uh, and Americans who have the opportunity to get out now should avail themselves of it. Russia has more than 100,000 troops and heavy military equipment amassed along Ukraine's eastern border, but claims to have no intention of mounting an attack. The U.S. State Department has ordered U.S. Embassy staff in Kiev to evacuate because of the risk of invasion. Russia does not want Ukraine to join NATO, furthering Western influence. 
New poll finds that a large share of Democrats want to see Hillary Clinton investigated over Russiagate. As allegations swirl related to her possible role in trying to drum up information to try to tie Donald Trump to the Kremlin, the survey was conducted by Technometrica Institute of Policy and Politics in New Jersey last month. It polled around 1,300 Americans about the mushrooming investigation by special counsel John Durham into the FBI's probe of Trump's alleged links to Russia during the 2016 presidential campaign. Nearly three out of four of those polled said they think it's important that prosecutors investigate Clinton for her role in the Russiagate scandal, along with her top campaign advisors. Here's former acting attorney general Matt Whitaker on Fox News. What we've learned is that there were spying operations going on both to the Trump campaign and its Trump Tower headquarters. And then when President Trump became president, they continued to spy on him at the executive office of president. And Durham has already charged Clinton campaign subcontractor Igor Danchenko for allegedly lying about the sourcing behind the debunked so-called Steele dossier he helped compile, which attempted to frame Trump as a Kremlin agent. The poll also found that Americans want greater scrutiny of the Biden family, too. Meanwhile, Clinton speaks this Thursday to the New York State Democratic Party convention at the Sheraton in Times Square Fueling speculation, she will make a third bid for the White House as President Biden and Vice President Harris's poll numbers tank. 77 WABC time check, 537. Frank Diaz is busy at the traffic. Desk. Hey, Deb, well, uh, the bridges and tunnels are still looking pretty good right now. we got some slow traffic in Elizabeth on Route 109 between Elizabeth Avenue and North Avenue on both sides. Also in Edison, some stop-and-go traffic on Route 1 on both sides in Middlesex County. Over to the island, nothing major at the moment. we got some heavy traffic building on parts of the LAE all the way back to Exit 62. Also some heavy but moving traffic in Westbury on Northern State Parkway, westbound between Meadowbrook Parkway and the Grand Central. Over Hudson Valley in Yonkers, the New York State Thruway on I-87 northbound at Exit 1. The off-ramp's closed there due to that emergency water main repair. Also, Route 218 is closed both ways between Cornwall and West Point because of weather-related slide hazards. Use 9W as an alternate route. Some stop-and-go traffic on the PQE eastbound between Exit 26 and Cabot Plaza. We also have uh, the... Uh, upper level, excuse me, the lower level outer roadway on the 59th Street Bridge is closed right now to due to construction. No major transit delays at the moment. We've got some alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz with traffic on the 7th to 77 WABC. Hi, thanks, Frank. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today or high near 28. The wind chill between 10 and 15 overnight. Mostly clear skies. The lows down to 18. Sunshine tomorrow, the high near 34. Right now, 19 degrees, clear skies. Continuing with your early news, the New York Post has learned that an attempted murder suspect accused in an Upper West Side shooting was sprung from Rikers, all thanks to sympathetic prosecutors from the Manhattan DA's office who helped get his bond lowered. 20-year-old Darius Mungin had been locked up at the jail complex since last October on charges he shot two people, including an 81-year-old apparent innocent bystander. He was cut loose earlier this month after prosecutors agreed to lower his bond from a half million dollars to one hundred thousand dollars, citing concerns for his safety following two gang assaults. Mungin's lawyer is Brian Kennedy, and he'd been petitioning the court to get Mungin released from Rikers after he was brutally beaten by gang members and stabbed, arguing that the Department of Corrections had failed to keep him safe. The DA's office said it agreed to the lower bond package because Munjin had a unique security risk and defended the amount as enough to ensure his return to court. 
Some scientists warn new COVID-19 variants that emerge could cause more serious illness and fatalities than previous strains. Experts told The Guardian it's impossible, though, to predict where the next variant will emerge from or its characteristics. However, White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci suggested last week that the U.S. is nearing the end of the full-blown phase of the pandemic and that the virus-related restrictions may no longer be necessary. Here's Fauci last month on ABC. If the pattern follows the trend that we're seeing in other places, such as the Northeast, I believe that you will start to see a turnaround throughout the entire country. And experts say that the uncertainty about future variants should be factored into whether countries lift restrictions that were reimposed during the Omicron wave. 77 WABC Time Check 540. Deborah Valentine with your early news. A newly unearthed video shows that Long Island Representative Lee Zeldin, the presumptive Republican nominee for New York governor, once pushing that our nation would be a better place if Democrat Andrew Cuomo were president. Zeldin sang the fallen Democrats' praises while serving as a Long Island state senator back in 2011 during the disgraced ex-governor's first year in office. On a personal note, I want to say thank you to the governor for your unyielding leadership and vision and commitment to Long Islanders, not just the fishing community, but to all of us, to the taxpayers. Zeldin's glowing endorsement came at an August 8th, 2011 press conference during which Cuomo and the state legislature announced the suspension of a recreational saltwater license fee affecting fishermen and charter boat operators. Cuomo, of course, resigned at the end of last summer after the state attorney general's report found he allegedly sexually harassed 11 women. Well, ridership is reportedly up within the New York City transit system. The subway scored a trifecta, actually, this week as trains carried more than 3 million passengers for three days in a row for the first time since Omicron arrived back in December. Now, according to New York Governor Kathy Hochul's office, weekly subway ridership has now reached 55 percent of pre-pandemic levels. The MTA announced a series of new fare pilot programs to further encourage ridership that makes fares more affordable, more flexible and fairer. As an incentive, for example, the MTA has introduced a cap on weekly fares through the authority's contactless payment system, Omni, with the Lucky 13 feature. The feature will allow riders an additional free ride on subways or buses for the rest of that week, starting with the 13th ride of each week. While not all the news out of the subway positive, though, in the latest city subway bloodshed, a strap hanger was slashed in the hand by a razor-wielding madman while riding the Q train. This happened about 5.50 a.m. on Saturday. The unhinged suspect, who was dressed in all-black clothing, fled the train car while the victim got off at East 14th Street and Union Square. The slashing victim here taken to Bellevue Hospital in stable condition. Police, though, are still searching for that suspect. Private New York City Academy Poly Prep Country Day School reversed their decision on a mask-optional policy after being slammed by state health officials. The school previously announced the shift on Thursday before being told that the change did not follow state as well as city mandate guidelines. An email was sent to parents on Friday by school health director Sarah Zucker to ensure that parents remind their children to start wearing masks as of this Monday. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul previously announced the end of the statewide indoor mask mandate, but still implemented the order for school kids. And at this time, 
We say that is the right decision to lift this mandate for indoor businesses and let counties, cities, and businesses to make their own decisions on what they want to do with respect to masks or the vaccination requirement. Given the declining cases, given declining hospitalizations, that is why we feel comfortable to lift this in effect tomorrow. The statewide positivity rate is now 4.92 percent, and Hochul plans to take another look at the mask mandate for schools following spring break on February 21st. Utah police say that a homeless man in Utah allegedly slit a woman's throat after she let him into her home to shower. According to police in Utah, officers responded to a call of a woman heavily bleeding from the neck around 5 p.m. last Sunday at her home in Salt Lake City. She was then transported to a local hospital in critical condition. She underwent emergency surgery and her condition later upgraded to stable. The woman told investigators she let this guy, later identified by police as 30-year-old Eric Jones, into her home to bathe. Jones was located by city police about 1 a.m. Friday morning and later booked at the Salt Lake County Metro Jail on one count of aggravated assault. 77 WABC Time Check 544. Former White House advisor and Donald Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, has been nominated for the Nobel Prize for his work as a leading negotiator of the Abraham Accords. These accords are a series of groundbreaking normalization agreements between Israel, the United Arab Emirates, Sudan, Morocco, and Bahrain. They were among former President Trump's most significant foreign policy achievements. The nomination was submitted by Long Island GOP Representative Lee Zeldin, who also nominated Kushner's deputy, Avi Berkowitz. Kushner and Berkowitz were also nominated for the prize last year by former Trump attorney Ellen Dershowitz. Kushner and his wife Ivanka have relocated, by the way, down to Miami, where Kushner runs Affinity Partners, a $3 billion global investment firm. 77 WABC Time Check, 545. Justin Ellick has a look at sports. Yes, I do, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. What a game it was last night between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals to decide the NFL's top dog heading into next season. Down 20-16, to 16, as late as you can get in the fourth quarter. A sputtering Rams offense was left with just under 80 yards to march downfield in an attempt to rip the Lombardi Trophy out of the hands of Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Enter the lethal connection of Matthew Stafford to Cooper Cup, who, with the help of three successive Bengals penalties, essentially took it upon themselves to get the job done. Second to go. Pass. Got it. Touchdown. Al, I've got to tell you, in a pressure situation, I don't know if I have ever seen anybody be better than Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. They had no choice. That call courtesy of the great Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. The Offensive Player of the Year in Cup had four receptions for 39 yards and a seven-yard run on fourth and one from the Rams' 30 on the championship ceiling drive. Rams head coach Sean McVay told Stafford before the drive, quote, you and Coop, go get this thing done. The duo did just that. 23-20 to 20 is your final score from Los Angeles as the Rams finally see the top of the NFL mountain after failing to after falling short just four years ago. Now, quickly, for some local sports action yesterday, as just the New Jersey Devils played last night, the Devs were unable to slow down a scalding Pittsburgh Penguins squad as they fell 4-2 to on their home ice in Newark. 
They'll be back at it tomorrow night when the Tampa Bay Lightning come into town. As for the Rangers and Islanders, the Blue Shirts will finally be back on the ice tomorrow night when they host the Boston Bruins, and the Isles have a date in Buffalo against the Sabres. As for local basketball, no action to speak of last night, but both the Knicks and Nets are set for a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time tip tonight. For the Knicks, it'll be the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Garden, and the Nets will tip off in Brooklyn with the Sacramento Kings. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin, and over to Frank Diaz with traffic. Hey, Dan, well, we got some stop and go traffic starting to build up on the Harlem River Drive southbound between 2nd Avenue and the Willis Avenue Bridge. We also got some stop and go traffic in Brooklyn on the BQE eastbound between exit 26 and Cadman Plaza. All the bridges and tunnels are looking pretty good still at the moment, but some slow traffic in Union on both sides of Route 82. Also, we got a traffic building on Route 109 between Elizabeth Avenue and Liberty, uh, excuse me, Newark Airport on both sides. Over to the island, nothing major at the moment. Some heavy traffic building on parts of the LIE westbound all the way back to Exit 62. Also, some heavy but moving in traffic in Westbury on the Northern State Parkway westbound between Meadowbrook Parkway and the Grand Central Parkway. Over to Hudson Valley and Yonkers, the New York State Thruway I-87 northbound at Exit 1. The off-ramps closed over there due emergency water main repairs over on Route 218. That's also closed both ways between Cornwall and West Point because of weather-related slide hazards. So use 9W as an alternate. No major transit. Del- excuse me. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz with traffic on the sevens for 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Frank. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center: Sunshine today, our high is 28. The wind chill between 10 and 15, mostly clear overnight. The lows down to 18. Sunny tomorrow. The high near 34 right now, 19 degrees, clear skies. And Frank Morano has your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. Stocks dropped sharply to end the week on Wall Street. Investors dumped risky assets amidst fears of a Russian invasion of Ukraine. And travel-related shares like airlines fell while defense stocks and oil prices jumped. The Dow lost 503 points, the S&P 500 fell 85 points, and the Nasdaq dropped 394 points. A federal judge on Friday blocked the Biden administration's attempt to put greater emphasis on potential damage from greenhouse gas emissions when creating rules for polluting industries. U.S. District Judge James Kane of Louisiana sided with Republican attorneys general from energy-producing states. They said the administration's action to raise the cost estimate of carbon emissions threatened to drive up energy costs while decreasing state revenues from energy production. Jersey Auto Dealer is selling a new Ford Bronco for a staggering 43% above the manufacturer's suggested retail price as inflation reaches historic levels and auto inventory shortages wreak havoc on consumer wallets. A New York City man expressed his outrage on social media this week after he found a 2021 Ford Bronco at the Old Bridge Dealer with a market adjustment of $15,000 over the MSRP. And finally, China's technology giants from Tencent to Alibaba are investing in the metaverse, a market that could be worth $8 trillion in the future, according to Morgan Stanley. China's metaverse could look very different to the rest of the world due to government censorship, strict rules on the technology sector, and Beijing's crackdown on cryptocurrencies. I'm Frank Morano with your business report on 77 WABC. I'll be back at 1 a.m. on the other side of midnight.
All right. Thanks, Frank. Both U.S. stock futures and European stocks overnight slumping on worries over the imminent Russian attack on Ukraine. And the Dow right now down 505 points, 1.43 percent at 34,738. The S&P 500 in the red, two down 85. And the Nasdaq has fallen 394. Gold and oil in the green. Gold up $15.40 an ounce. Oil up 26 cents a barrel. It's the WABC Early News. All right, Deborah Valentine with your early news. Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi Sunday claimed that defund the police is not the position of the Democratic Party. That after Representative Cory Bush, Bush is a Democrat out of Missouri, recently endorsed the slogan. Pelosi touted the House passed Justice in Policing Act, which would overhaul national policing standards, saying, make no mistake, community safety is our responsibility. The House Speaker's comments came in response to Bush's statement last week that defund the police is not the problem. To protect and defend in every way is our oath of office. And I have sympathy. I con- we're all concerned about mistreatment of people. And that's why uh, Karen Bass had the Justice and Policing Act. And we would hope to get some of that done. Now, meanwhile, despite Pelosi's claims, Numerous Democrats have supported the defund the police movement in the year since George Floyd's murder back in 2020. Members of the progressive squad have all advocated for defunding or abolishing police, including Representative Ilhan Omar of Minnesota, Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, Representative Ayanna Presley and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of the Bronx. Vice President Kamala Harris was also sympathetic to the movement back in June of 2020 when she voiced support diverting $150 million from the Los Angeles police budget to community priorities. Joe Biden's chaotic U.S. military withdrawal from Afghanistan has been blamed for worsening the chaos on the ground and putting American lives at risk by a newly declassified U.S. intelligence report. Newly released papers compiled in the aftermath of the August withdrawal found that deadly chaos was only made worse due to indecisiveness among officials with the Biden administration in Washington, D.C. The reluctance to close down the U.S. embassy in Kabul only added to the confusion and made the mission even more dangerous, according to these documents. Here's President Biden on NBC. Look, there was no good time to get out. But if we had not gotten out, they acknowledged that we would have had to put a hell of a lot more troops back in. It wasn't just 2,000, 4,000. We would have to significantly increase the number of troops, and we're back in this, this war of attrition. The declassified intelligence report offers various accounts of U.S. commanders who were on the ground in Afghanistan and described their frustrations as both sloppy and mismanaged. The Washington Post says military leaders blame the White House and State Department for the chaotic withdrawal. They say the White House completely underestimated how fast the Taliban would regain control of the country and put off preparing evacuation plans for Kabul with just weeks until the deadline. I'll get ready for more fireworks heading into this year's midterm elections. Republican Party strategists are eager to hammer Democrats over a growing list of off-the-wall woke initiatives. For example, the latest, a reported plan by the Biden administration to provide crack pipes in smoking kits to drug addicts. The Washington Free Beacon reporting the pipes were to be distributed in smoking kits and supplies by nonprofits and local governments with funding by a grant from the Department of Health and Human Services to drug users in black and underserved communities. 
An agency spokesperson told the outlet that the kits would provide pipes for users to smoke crack, crystal methamphetamine, and any illicit substance. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says this just isn't true. This program, though, is focused on harm reduction strategies, including prioritizing the use of fentanyl test strips and clean syringes. And all of these harm reduction services uh, that will be supported by these programs are, are intended to save lives from an epidemic that we know is, uh, is devastating to communities across the country. People on the left see these smoking kits as a way to mitigate adverse consequences. Homemade pipes, though, can potentially break or release toxic fumes. Former President Donald Trump said we're in a very bad position after Russian President Vladimir Putin was emboldened to invade Ukraine following the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Here he is on Fox and Friends over the weekend. I think Putin really wanted to negotiate for a period of time. I think when he watched Afghanistan, when he watched that unbelievably bad withdrawal, incompetent where they took the military out first, where they left. $85 billion worth of equipment behind for the Taliban to have and to sell and to use. And, uh, of course, the death, the death that happened. When they watched all of that, I think they got emboldened. The U.S. has intelligence pointing to a Russian invasion of Ukraine this Wednesday. The Secret Service, the CIA, and the Pentagon said they received exceptionally detailed invasion plans that were scheduled for February 16th. President Biden told Putin on Saturday morning that Russia would face swift and severe economic and political ramifications if it invaded Ukraine. And the call came 24 hours after the U.S. told Americans to exit Ukraine. And some airlines as well have either canceled or diverted flights to Ukraine amid fears of a Russian invasion. Vice President Kamala Harris is headed to Germany later this week. Harris will attend the Munich Security Conference later this week. It is an annual conference in Germany on international security. The security conference comes at a particularly, of course, pivotal time amid rising warnings of that potential Russian invasion of Ukraine, which could actually happen before Harris departs for Germany. The conference runs actually from Friday to Monday and will mark Harris's fifth foreign trip as VP. She previously visited Guatemala and Mexico, Singapore, Vietnam, and France, most recently Honduras. 77 WABC time check, 557. Frank Diaz has an update on traffic. Hey, Deb, well, over to the island and plainly, we've got an overturned vehicle in the Northern State Parkway westbound at exit 38, some stop and go traffic all the way back up to exit 39. We have some heavy traffic building on parts of the LIE all westbound all the way back to exit 62 also. In Hudson Valley, we've got a disabled vehicle left lane blocking the Ra- in Ramapo on the New York State Thruway southbound at exit 14B. There's also another disabled vehicle in Yorktown blocking the shoulder on the Taconic State Parkway northbound before Baldwin Road. Over to the city, stop traffic on the Harlem River Drive southbound between 2nd Avenue and the Willis Avenue Bridge heading into Manhattan. We also have some stop-and-go traffic on the BQE eastbound between exit 26 and Cadman Plaza. All the bridges and tunnels are looking pretty good at the moment. At Woodbridge on the Garden State Parkway northbound at exit 129. We've got an accident over there blocking the left lane. Some slow traffic on Route 18 in East Brunswick between Milltown Road and US 1 as well. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz with traffic on the 7th for 77 WABC. Thanks, Frank, and your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Nice day, sunshine or high near 28. The wind chill, though, between 10 and 15. Overnight, mostly clear skies, the low down to 18. And sunshine tomorrow, the high near 34. Right now, we're holding steady at 19 degrees under clear skies. Working our way to the best morning show in the Big Apple. Bernie and Sid coming up at 6 o'clock. 
And uh, don't miss it, 740, Bernie and Sid will be talking with Rich Lowry, the editor-in-chief of the National Review. 30 past each hour, we have the 77 WABC clip of the day. Don't miss Lydia Reports at 825 at 32 past each hour. Sid Sports, sponsored by Peerless Boilers. And, you know, Sid's going to have a lot to say about uh, the big game yesterday, the halftime show, and uh, a a lot on the Super Bowl. And uh, as well at 940, Monday through Friday, don't miss the Peerless Boilers Beat Bernie Contest, which, of course, you can call in and take part. 77 WABC time check, 559. Again, sunshine today, our high near 28th wind chill between 10 and 15, mostly clear overnight, the low down to 18. More sun tomorrow with a high of 34, and we're holding steady at 19 degrees right now under clear skies. Deborah Valentine with your early news. Be back with us. Be early tomorrow, Monday through Friday, for the 77 WABC Early News. Stay with us. Bernie and Sid coming up right here on 77 WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.